on the tee from Australia, Adam Scott. There it is, Adam Scott. Expect anything different? Brilliant. What an up and down that was. In your life have you seen anything like that? Welcome to the clubhouse. Uh, it's great to be back. G'day, everybody. Welcome to the clubhouse right across Australia. Julian Bayard is my name. Big thanks to Cam Luke last week for filling in as interstate, so thank you to Cam. Mark Allen is here as usual. You never miss Marco. Nice to see you, Jules. Oh, what about the weekend of golf, Ridiculous, Marco? mate. You've the come in. You're up. You're excited. Ever. You've said best the ever. best weekend of golf I've ever seen. Yep. The best last round, last grouping of any major I've ever, ever seen. Ever. Ever seen. But more importantly, have you broken your handicap again? What's happening? Are you down to five or anything? Well, no, last week I, I think I had 32 points, so it was a bit disappointing. But disappointing, I still, mate. still came in, which That's was not worrying. That's I not still you. came in, Marco. You know, I stayed <laughs> up and watched that last pairing. I stayed up uh, on uh, Sunday and tried my very best to keep the eyes open. Yep. Red Bull, yep. coffee. And then Henrik Stenson, three part of the first. Yep. And I thought, you weak so and so. You Henry. are going to shoot 75 today. How often and you are going to gift it to him. Yep. You're going to gift Phil Mickelson, who just made a birdie on the first. You're going to gift him the tournament. Yep. To my surprise, mm. Henrik, birdies the second, birdies the third, and birdies the fourth. Yep. And it was game on. Mickelson eagled that fourth hole. But I've never seen a ball striking round like it. The only. He made 10 birdies. I, mean, yeah. I know it's a, it's a week old, so I apologise, folks. But still, it's very fresh in my mind. Yeah. Here is a guy, a 40-year-old. So, by his own admission at the start of the week, he hasn't got too many majors left in him mm-hmm. where he can really challenge yeah. consistently. Where he feels like... So, he's 40 years old. He hasn't won a major. In fact, he's almost been hopeless in majors. He's had a few good finishes. He finished yeah. the second than Mickelson when Mickelson won the Open two years ago. Yeah. Three years ago, whenever it was. He's had some good showings, yeah. but by Probably. and by, for the level of ball striking that this man yeah. has possessed right throughout his career, he has been hopeless in the majors. Probably since that race to Dubai a few years ago, when he, yeah. I reckon he hit that oh, yeah, three-wood three or five-wood or something. 18th yeah. to win it. Yeah. Not since then has he really played at his, his agree. best level. Yeah. I agree. And he, his ball striking you know, is just something to behold. I mean, last year, before Greg Norman got the sack from Fox, mm-hmm. uh, that particular week the US Open, before Norman was sacked, Norman was in awe of how Henrik Stenson hit the golf ball. And I think a lot of pros are. Yeah. I mean, I, I always go back to Jeff Ogilvie. When Jeff Ogilvie was at his peak and a very, very good player, he got to play with Henrik a few times, and Jeff Ogilvie was saying, who is this guy? Just the way he hits the golf yeah. ball. Um, he's got this three-wood in his bag, too. It's like 15 generations old. It's a Diablo Callaway three-wood. Old, mate. Old. <laughs> old the school. The old favourite. Diablo. I mean, the wonder seriously, <laughs> choppers weren't even using Diablos. They weren't. Um, but they had a Diablo tour version, and it was 13 degrees, sat a little bit open, and he got one. And he's been using this three-wood to advantage for a long, mm. long time. Now, it goes past. I mean, he was hitting it past Phil Mickelson's drives. Yeah. So every once in a while, you know, I've even had a couple. I had a, I had a three-wood once. It was a Mizuno three-wood at 15 <laughs> degrees, and it went too far. Yeah. And you don't want a three-wood that goes too far in the bag because it, it would be like carrying two five-irons. What's the use of having a three-wood that goes as far as your driver? Yep. There is no use. Mm. But... I think Phil, uh, I think Henrik Stenson's got this three-wood in the bag. I'm sure his driver goes further, but 
it is a fairway finder for him. And we've seen him use it so often to such success. We go, why is this guy hitting the three wood so far? Uh, anyway, it's it's to do with, you know, it's a long three wood. It's 43 and a half inches yep. long. It's 13 degrees. So, you know, there are, dri- there are pros out there using 11 and a half degree drivers. And he just bashes this thing straight down the middle more often than... They're not, and that yep. was his real weapon in that last day's play. I think the big moment for me, Marco, was the uh, the fifteenth, the par four. He was one shot up, yeah. uh, Stenson, and Mickelson had put his approach inside his. Yep, and he nailed that long, nailed it. long, long part. Bombed and the, it. the camera angle. I've got to Bombed give it. praise yeah. to the camera angle from behind to show yeah. the green and to show what yeah. he had in front of him. Yeah, was magnificent. Yeah, and it was it was the defining moment. Yeah, There's, there was a stack of defining moments. Yeah. You know, I mean, he had. In his 10 birdie, eight under par round, he had two bogeys. They were yeah. both three putts. That, that's hard <laughs> to digest, you know. I mean, you've, you've played golf before. If you three putt the first hole, flat. quite often you're pretty flat. You fall apart. <laughs> and you start questioning yourself. Not Henrik didn't. You know, he three mm. putted the first, and he went on to make 10 birdies in the next 17 holes. He three putted, I think, it was about the 11th hole as well, but he continued to play the golf that won him this tournament. I mean, he birdied four of the last five holes. Phil wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. He wasn't going anywhere. And the only one that he didn't birdie was the 17th hole. Now, the 17th hole is this long par three, 220 yards, so 200-meter par three. And it's a small green for a hole that long. And it's also, he's playing with a bloke who is chasing him really hard mm-hmm. and he's not going away. A two-shot lead can evaporate. That's like it. that with the best players in the world. So he gets over his tee shot and he hit what I think was a four iron to six feet. Just covered the flag the whole way. He, he missed the six footer downhill. I mean, anyone can miss that putt on those greens. Those, those putts, the downhill left to righters, downhill right to lefters on the really fast greens, fast for Lynx golf. Yep. Um, they're reasonably, you know, it's a bit of luck. There's a bit of luck involved because you just get it started and the ball can wobble anywhere, particularly in the last group on the last day of a major when, you know, Everyone's. so many people have been yeah. walking all over the place. Yep. You cannot hit that putt in with authority like you can a six-footer up the hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, a six-footer up the hill, you can almost hit it through the bumps, almost. Yep. It'll still wobble a little bit, but the downhillers will wobble quite significantly. So he had a reasonable putt there, it wobbled left and he missed. Um, and then they hit the three-wood, and there was all, there's always luck in golf tournaments. That's why you can't pick winners in golf. You can only, <laughs> you can only look at the odds and you can say, those odds are wrong. You know, if, uh, if, yeah, if, if, like yeah. for instance, if he was 100 to 1 at the start of the week to win the Open, if you saw that, yeah. you go, that's wrong. Yeah. He's probably about 25 to 1. So I'm going to put 10 bucks yeah. on that 25 to 1 and hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, on that 100 to 1 and hope that about, he gets up. A side note, what about the old man who put 50 bucks on Stenson Whew. into Badley and won 85 grand? Unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable that, was, that was unbelievable. <laughs> but uh, Stenson's three wood that's pulled up short of the yep. Greg Norman bunker, uh, only two foot short. I mean, it goes in. If that if that only just dropped in, it would have been sitting on a downslope in a pot bunker, where he would have had to flub it out. He he couldn't have taken the risk. Yep. So he would have had to flub it out and then you know try and get up and down from a pitch. If, if Phil all of a sudden hits one close, mm-hmm. it's playoff bound. So a little bit of luck as well. Um, and then of course the putty hits on the last hole. All he's trying to do is hit it close, and it falls in the back door. <laughs> just to, I don't know, put the exclamation mark on the victory. But you know, it's the first time a Swede's ever won. A major, yep. which is staggering. There's been so many good Swedes over the years. You know, so many, so many good players. Uh, of course, um, Annika Sorensen yes. won a stack. So I don't even know how many. 
more than 10, yeah. I'm assuming, majors. She's been the best ever. Uh, she was unbelievable. But for the first time for a man to actually win uh, from Sweden, the Netherlands, wherever you want to call it, mm. um, uh, that region, uh, is is pretty breakthrough. You know, yep. it's, a, it's a hoodoo broken as well. Yep. So fantastic stuff. Well done to Henrik. Well Brilliant. done, Henrik. We'll talk and, soon. And, and well done, Phil. Well, that's and well done, Phil. To we're going to talk about Aaron Badley soon. Yeah, we'll get we'll to get him. To, we'll, get the, we'll get the bets. Um, but I want to talk about Phil because I reckon, Marco, that mm. he got a lot of respect at this week. A yeah. lot of respect yeah. from not only um, other golfers, I reckon, um, yeah. the way he, he uh, handled himself from the viewing public as well, who've always yeah. liked him. Yeah. But I reckon this tournament, he probably won over a few other people as well. Yeah, I agree. Well, it's the, it's the second lowest score ever in major history uh, to lose mm. a major. So I think Bob May was on 18 under par with Tiger Woods and they went into a playoff for the USPGA years ago. So 17 under to lose a major. Uh, Phil said afterwards it's the best he's ever played and actually lost <laughs> any tournament. Yeah, um, yeah. look, I, I agree. I, like, I, I watch the guy play, I watch his swing, and I don't get how he's been good for so long because his swing is no good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the amazing thing, there's an Australian link these days to Phil Mickelson. There's a guy called yes. Andrew Getson who is his coach. Um, now, Butch Harmon, who I think is the best golf coach in the world, clearly mm-hmm. the best golf coach in the world because he's taken so many players with so many different swings and got the best out of them. So not only Mickelson, he had a look at Fred Couples, Darren Clark, you know, Greg Norman. When, he was at, when Greg was with him, he was the best. When Tiger was with Butch, he was the best. Um, so, many, so many great stories yep. about Butch Harmon and the way that he teaches the game. I really admire what he does. And, and Butch only teaches simple stuff, by the way. You might go and pay 500 US jewels for an hour, for an hour <laughs> lesson, and Butch will tell you to take the club away low and slow. Uh. You know, stuff... Thanks, Butch. Stuff, stuff <laughs> that... But when it comes from his mouth, because there's so much authority, yep. if you, that, that's the, half the trick of coaching golf, is actually implant something to where a player believes what you are saying. Uh, and Butch has this ability. But Ghetto is how all the other guys call him. So this Andrew Getson, he stayed with Craig Spence before um, when he was playing mini tours. He actually stayed with Jeff Ogilvy before, apparently, mm-hmm. when he was playing okay. all these mini tours. Um, a bit of a salesman yep. is what I'm told. I don't know Andrew Getson. Uh, if he walked in the studio right now, I wouldn't know who it was. Mm-hmm. But from what, I, from what I understand, he can sell his message. And somehow he's linked up with Phil Mickelson. And he has sold the message. And when you look at the two screens that uh, the PGA Tour do so well on their broadcasts, and you see Butch Harmon swing with Phil versus uh, Adam, what's his name, Ghetto swing yep. with uh, Phil, clearly the Phil Mickelson swing that Ghetto has produced is better. But then I've also got to say to Phil, <laughs> so many players have improved their swings, but they just lose all feel for the game. Mm-hmm. That's the hardest bit. Yep. Yeah, you, know, you can really change your swing, but it doesn't yeah, feel right. You, I can change yeah. your swing tomorrow, yeah. but you'll lose your feel for 100%. the game. Yeah, Phil hasn't done that, and that just shows you the uh, level of talent that he has. Good on him. Yeah, well done, Phil. Well done, Phil. Well done. Yeah. Hey, what did you make of the uh, the aura of the big guns in golf? Is it diminishing a little bit, Marco? I read a fascinating article this yeah. week talking about uh, the guns. Jason Day, of course, uh, Rory McIlroy, mm. Jordan Spieth. Mm. They're either right up there yeah. or they're not. Well, they all pale uh, in comparison to Tiger Woods. So That's Tiger exactly, Woods is have so... Have we got unfair expectations yeah, yeah. on the best yes. players in the world right now yes. because of what Tiger Woods yes. did in the past? Because Tiger Woods was the best ever. Yeah. 
He, he, he played better golf than anyone else has mm-hmm. ever played. Sorry, Jack, if you're listening. Mm-hmm. You were really good. 18 majors, two US amateurs. You were a star. Best ever. Yep. Until this bloke came along. But he played better golf. And, you know, in all sport, you have form waves. But in golf, traditionally, everybody's form wave that varies quite differently. I mean, the, the, the best golf versus your B-grade yep. golf, you know, it goes from winning or in contention to win to finishing 20th yep. for the best players. Tiger Woods, his form <laughs> wave was really shallow yeah. to where he was winning playing ordinary. His best golf was untouchable. Yep. Um, and even his C game, he was finishing in top 10s. <laughs> so we are now all looking at Jordan Spieth, Jason Day, Dustin Johnson, mm-hmm. Rory McIlroy. Their form waves are stereotypical of what we've always known. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, when we look at Tiger and then look at these boys who we see today, uh, there is no comparison. No, Tiger's is. golf was unbelievable. Yep. Unbelievable. I doubt we'll see that level ever again. It's a shame. See, yep. this week he's announced he's not coming back this year. Yeah, Tiger. yep, yep, yep. Fair enough. Yep. I mean, Do you reckon we'll ever see it again on the PGA Tour? Yeah, yeah. You'll see yeah. him play a bit. Yep. But I don't think you're going to see... I don't think he'll ever win again. I don't think Tiger's going to play again. Eldrick Woods might turn up (laughs) and get around. Eldrick might be playing a little bit of golf. But the Tiger that we all love, that we all were in awe of, that took the world by storm. Not just golf by storm. Mm -hmm. Tiger Woods took the world by storm. That guy, he's gone forever. Unfortunately. Mm. Unfortunately. Gee, I can't Mm. wait to see him back. So yeah, he gets be it good. right. Hope, I'm glad he's taking yeah. extra time. I still think he can win right. a major. Maybe, yeah. maybe you know. Well, I, w- I wouldn't. I wouldn't put any of my hard earned on him no. winning a major. But I still think he could. He'd be well under the, the odds. Circumstance too. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if the circumstance was right. If the circumstance was right, I think he could. Yeah. I, I almost guarantee he'll win just a regular tour event or somewhere around yeah. the world again. But nah, that that madman. Yeah. who was winning US Opens at Pebble Beach by 13 <laughs> shots and yep. was playing stuff that we'd never seen. Saw, the, the saw guy a video who, on Facebook last night of that. Yeah. I think it was a six sign out of a bunker at the Canadian Open. Oh, they were replaying yeah. that where he hit it over the water. Probably the best shot I've ever seen. Ever. Yeah, prob- probably. the fairway bunker. Probably in the situation. Six sign. And he, you know what his interview afterwards was? He goes, oh, people say he's at the best shot of your career. He goes, oh... Yeah, I didn't like, actually hit the green, so it wasn't really that good because yeah. he was about a foot off the back. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Actually, legend. There's a lot of legend about Tiger Woods, but one of the legends was uh, his dad, Earl. Mm. And Tiger, very much a stats man. Earl put that into his head because Earl Woods was a stats man. Yeah. So he'd be following Tiger in his junior days, and Tiger would have hit a 350 yard bomb down the middle as an 18 year old or 17 year old, and his ball would be three inches off the fairway, you know, on the fringe. Yeah. And Earl Woods would just walk behind him and say, I hope you're not counting that as a fairway <laughs> hit. <laughs> so that sort of stuff, you know, when, when he said that, when yeah. he said that uh, about the shot, yeah. not actually hitting the green, yeah. that sort of stuff, It's it, that's all Earl Woods, I love which, it. Is, which is classic. We've got to get to a break. This is the Clubhouse Across Australia. We're going to talk about Aaron Badley's brilliant yeah. win. After this, four playoff holes it took, Marco. Good How many him. chances did he take to yeah, win it? Yeah, a lot of chances. <laughs> we'll talk about that next. This is the Clubhouse right across Australia. In your life, have you seen anything like that? You're listening to the Clubhouse. Yeah, you certainly are. This is the Clubhouse right across Australia. Julian Bayard is my name. Mark Allen is here every week talking all things golf. And Marco, 
How good was it? How good was it to see Aaron Badley get himself his uh, fourth PGA Tour title, first one in a number yeah, of years. Yeah, a number of years. He's been uh, he's been struggling, but on the tour this year uh, for a few tournaments. Yep, able to win, gets himself some exemptions, and uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely, and very important time in his life as well. He's got four kids. He's got a wife. Yep. He hasn't won that much money. No. I mean, he you know, has to keep on going and has to keep on playing well. Now, the only status he had this year was past champion status. Yep. And, you know, that doesn't guarantee you a lot of starts. It you know, you're going to get a few starts opposite majors. This yep. one was obviously mm-hmm. opposite a major. Uh, the first prize check is probably half of a regular tour event, uh, 630000 US dollars. But that pales, that money pales into insignificance when you consider that he's all set to go for the rest of this season, which isn't a big deal. He gets into the, the PGA next week yep. and he gets into, I think there's five tournaments left or something, mm-hmm. something like that for the rest of the season, um, plus a FedEx Cup champ. So yep. he gets into all that, but the two-year exemption, he actually gets a chance to um, rekindle and get back in exempt status so he continues to play because, you know, he needs 10 more years of making rock-solid type cash to ensure that he doesn't have to work anymore because Mm -hmm. not everybody is employed. This is going to really shock you. When you finish your sporting career, not everyone's employable. (laughs) Can't just go and get a job. (laughs) Quite a few sports people finish playing sport unemployable types. Now, I'm not saying Aaron is, but, you know, the last thing he wants to do with four kids is you know start working in a pro shop somewhere because that doesn't cover it. Not the lifestyle that he's used to. Exactly. Not probably not the lifestyle that his wife's used to. And yeah, you know, we all yep. understand that. You know that creates pressure if that happens. So Aaron, under pressure, winning this tournament um, was so important. I mean, the difference between first and second here was enormous yeah. because second gets you nothing. Second doesn't get you the exemption. Uh, for the rest of this season and two more. It doesn't get you into the PGA. It doesn't get you into the FedEx Cup Championships. It doesn't, it doesn't get you anything yep. except for about 300000 bucks, 400000 bucks, which is nice, mm. but that's not going to look after Aaron for the next 50 years. Yep. He's 35. He's yeah. got to live for 50 years how, and look after four kids. It's amazing to think he's that old, isn't it? <laughs> it is a bit. Uh, what he yeah, did as an amateur. I agree. It, it doesn't is a seem bit. like that long ago. It was is it, a bit. Was it 99, was it? Yep. Now, I was with Craig Spence during the week. Yeah, 99 yeah. in 2000. He won, he won yep. 99 Australian Open as a kid, yep. as an 18-year-old. Uh, and he won 2000 as a professional. Mm. And whatever he was, was he a 19-year-old the year after? He must have mm. been. At Kingston Heath, he won the second one. Famous Royal Sydney, he won hat. the first one. Bads.com. What about the opening? I'm turning pro. Yeah, Bads.com is going to follow him around for the rest of his life. I spoke to Craig Spence during the week, and this was significant, I think. Aaron Badley's new coach won't let him look at the video because he was striving for perfection. And he was, when he was 18 or 19, he probably felt like he was in reach of perfection because he drove the ball beautifully. He was the best putter he'd ever seen. Chipping was pretty easy for him because he was such a good putter. His bunker play was, you know, right up there with standard, I taught him uh, oh. when he was a kid. His bunker play was pretty flash. That's true. Uh, his bunker his bunker play was very, very flash. Uh, and he had all the tools. Yep. But he chased perfection. And in our game, that doesn't work. Yep. It does not work. One of the reasons Jason Day is has reached the number one is because he doesn't practice his hitting as much as we probably all think. Mm-hmm. He spends all the time in the world practicing his chipping and putting, practicing for the times when his game from tee to green is not perfect. Yep. Aaron didn't do that. He chased perfection. 
And he should have understood. He should have understood. But, you, you know, you don't understand everything when you're a kid. You think you know everything when you're yeah. a kid. I look back when I was 20. Absolutely. You probably think you know everything. You don't know everything right now. You yeah. think you do. But you, you really don't. don't. You really don't. Yeah. You like to think you do. Aaron probably thought he could find perfection. But in actual fact, perfecting golf is perfecting your short game. And hopefully, when your long game's off, your short game's not. And you can shoot that 70 or 69. Or if you're Tiger Woods, you can really hold a few putts and shoot 68. And everything has to be hopeless. But he chased perfection. And his long game went to... You know, it was rubbish. Mm. He was the worst driver of a golf ball on the tour, almost. You know, he hit the ball sideways. He was fiddling with his golf swing all the time. Um, and I think, you know, I think now he has a coach that understands that background. And I love the fact that he's not looking at his swing. That's and great. By the way, it's, <laughs> he's missing out because it's an awesome it's looking a very swing. good swing. It's an awesome it's, looking swing. Some of the hits he hit in that playoff, Marco, mm. are magnificent. Oh, like yeah. the shot, shots down eighteen. The the fourth playoff pole in they when they show where he was situated was mm. literally a meter behind where he was on the second and the first playoff pole. Yeah. And and I want to talk to you about his putting as well, Mark. Oh yeah, he's... because the putt he hit on the fourth playoff pole was magnificent. Yeah. The yeah. one the miss he hit on the, on yeah. the second playoff pole was pretty bad. Yeah, but his putting is really good. Yeah. it's at a really well, high level. Well, I heard him say after the you know that last putt, he, he was probably forcing the first putts. Yeah. The last part he got over it, and he said, just let the putter swing. Very important, because when you steer putts, by definition, you're changing what the putter wants to do by itself. Yep. Now, if you're changing what the putter wants to do by itself, then human interference comes into play. Hard to replicate over and over and over. Yet, if the putter just swings the way nature wants it to, forces want it to, then nature's pretty cool. It'll do the same thing over and over. Yeah. Over and over and over, which is what you want to do. So if you've practiced your whole life not interfering with the way a putter swings, and all of a sudden under pressure you start forcing what the putter wants to do, it's different. Yep. And it's not always going to work for you. And you know when I heard him say that, I mean, you, you smile as a past golfer because you, you you want the ball to start online. It's desperate. You're desperate. It's got to start online. So you try and force it online. It never works. No. And then all of a sudden, you know, he said, I just want to let the putter swing. And he let the putter swing. The putter did what it's always done in practice. Mm -hmm. And that ball started online and went in at perfect pace. And, and now we know the rest of the story. You know, a great, a great story about uh, Aaron, just before yeah. you go. When he was a kid practicing, we all took an interest in Aaron. You know, my coach was Dale Lynch yep. at the time. Uh, his coach was Dale Lynch. And, you know, we always used to get the stories about what he was doing. Um, but... I was always fascinated. He putted for hours and hours and hours with his right hand in his pocket. Really? Yeah, just left-handed. Just left-handed. Now, the, it, I, I might tell you why in the master class at the end of the okay. program. But it's very important. It's a great drill to do. Mm -hmm. It's a really, really, really good drill to do. Yeah. It's got a little bit to do with the claw, which helps a lot of professional golfers these days as well. But he practiced for hours upon hour upon hour with his right hand in his pocket, just yep. with the left hand on the putter. A cricket coach makes me do that. Does he? With the top hand on the yeah, bat. Yeah, yeah, it keeps the ball down. Yeah. Hit, hit down, Jules. You've got very weak forearms like me, Marco. It's very difficult <laughs> to count. <laughs> anyway, hey, I'll tell you why I did that all those years ago. I always loved Aaron Badley. Actually, um, copied my putting routine of Aaron Badley. Oh, when good I was work. The, um, the four strokes behind the ball, yep. step up, hit. Perfect. That's exactly copied. what I do. Yep. You know what we call it? Using the force. That's what I call it. Is it? Yeah, you're just using the force. If you've practiced long enough, yeah. you know where the ball should start. 
And instead of trying to be really desperately trying to get the blade perfect, just be a plonker. Just plonk the blade down and get good at plonking it. Yep. And then before you know it, you're hitting the putt and you're not thinking too much. Yep. You know, it's really important that you're a plonker when you putt yeah. and you're not trying to be exact with the blade. Yep. Exact means tension yeah. in golf. Don't be exact. Yep. Just with all the practice that you've done, step in. You'll basically have an idea where the line is. Yep. Plonk it and go. I've always loved just, just putting, Marco, not standing over it and looking for yeah. 30 seconds and going back and having another look, yeah. another practice swing. It's hard to trust. Line it up, hit it. It's hard to trust. Yeah. And I guarantee when you first start doing it, mm-hmm. particularly if you're playing in a comp or something that's important to you, I guarantee the ball's not going to go in. But like everything, you know, if if you if we, that bin over in the corner, if we start screwing up paper and we have shots at it first up, yep. we're not going to knock them all no. in. But if we stood here for two hours every day oh, practicing, we'd get real good. We'd get real good at it. <laughs> and it's exactly the same when you're trying a new routine yep. or if you're trying to do something different on the golf course. It won't happen, not very often, it won't happen straight away. But the more that you do it under pressure, uh, the more that you will trust it under pressure and if you are doing something that is correct in the game and it starts working for you under pressure, before you know it, the game's easy. That's it. Very mm. good. Hey, I want to talk to you next. We've got to get to a break. But after this, saw Rory McIlroy snapped his three wood. Classic. <laughs> Loved well, it. I, I don't mind. A bit of frustration. I like it. I like it. As long as you're not hurting anybody. I want to ask you about some of the best meltdowns you've yeah, seen I've on seen golf some, courses I've seen some after rippers. this. Let's go. <laughs> Should be some stories. I'm looking forward to that. This is the clubhouse right across Australia. In your life, have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse. Yeah, welcome back. This is The Clubhouse. Julian Bayard is my name. Mark Allen is here. It's great to have your company wherever you're listening across Australia. As we talk all things golf, if you miss any of the program, you can always download the podcast. Just search for The Clubhouse on iTunes or Omni Radio. Uh, it is there, Mark. I'll get you Beautiful. to tweet out the link this week. I'll do that. And uh, The Clubhouse Send podcast me a reminder, is there will you? every week if you want to have a listen. Magnificent. Hey, Rory um, McIlroy, you're, you're McElroy. happy with him, were you? I, Breaking his three wood. I didn't mind it. Uh, the par 4 15th. He wasn't that happy with his shot. Smacked his three wood into the ground. Yeah, broke. Goes we, flying the head. We saw Wiesberger break one over his knee as well. I, yeah. I, I quite. I mean, of all the breakages of clubs and temp- tempers, I love the snap over the knee. Yeah, it's just so clean. Nobody gets hurt. Yeah. And your hand Apart from your thigh. What's the the best <laughs> bit about the break the shaft over the knee yeah. in a professional event is watching the pro hand it to the caddy. <laughs> the caddy goes, what do you want me to do with it? <laughs> the club's in half and he hands it to the caddy. <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. Anyway, I love all that uh, stuff. I reckon, like, just the ones off the top of my head, uh, Roy McIlroy involved as well at Trump when he threw the three iron yeah. into the big lake. And you know why I love that? Because every week we I work at Channel on a Sunday footy show yeah. and we sit there and we watch the Wild World of Sports closer yeah. and that is the last bit of vision yeah. that gets played every it's week beautiful. before the Sunday footy show you know and he throws his club straight into the water. When Donald Trump uh, saw it, who you know he owns the golf course, when he saw that, he actually made somebody go and get yeah. the three iron <laughs> and it is now hanging up in the clubhouse. Of course it is. <laughs> Which I think... Is absolutely sensational, yep. so that's good. Um, now, the other ones, Tiger Woods, when he came out to Kingston Heath and played in the Australian Masters, yep. threw his three-wood on the ground, threw that's his three-wood right. down, and the three-wood bounced, bounced over the gallery. 
I don't even think he got fined for that. Yeah. Well, you'll never know whether he got fined for that. That yeah. was a good one. That's two out of his appearance. Mate. That was a good one. Now, Mike Clayton, he was a very funny fellow yeah. playing with Mike Clayton. Mike, Mike would get angry because he hit the ball so straight and he mm. hit the ball so well, but he had trouble putting towards the end of his career. Um, and I was playing behind him at the must have been the Ford Open at Kuyonga one year, and we're hitting off the tenth hole. Yep. And he was playing, you know, with a pretty big group, you know, a big powerful group. Um, and there would have been, I don't know, let's say three hundred people watching. So he three putted the first hole, is what I can only assume. And as he walked across the green, he threw his putter from the tenth green over <laughs> three hundred people onto the eleventh tee. Magnificent. Didn't hit anyone. Nah, oh, magnificent. Absolutely love that one as well. Um, I reckon uh, Sergio Garcia famously yes. killed a snake in what I think was around the 18th hole at Whistling Straits. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Because that wasn't, he didn't break a club, but he looked like a five year old in that bunker. And everyone feels like it every once in a while. Yep. You do. You feel like it. And I guarantee, like, you know, if I'm going to be honest, if I hit a bad shot, you know, back in the old days, and I'd have a look around. I'd throw a club. You know, as long as nobody was watching. We don't endorse that. As long as baby. nobody was watching. <laughs> you know, you're not going to make a deal of yourself. Have a look around. It does make you feel better. Oh, so much better. It does make you feel yeah. better in a stupid way. <laughs> don't do it in front of people because you look like an idiot. But, you know, if no one sees it's a bit like, you know, if a tree falls down in a forest, does it no make any noise? That didn't happen. If you throw a club and nobody's watching, you know, it didn't really happen. So it's okay in my book to throw a club so if ma- nobody's around. Mass club throws this weekend across courses around Australia. My favourite though, my favourite mm, um, okay. one that I Jared Mosley, now West Australian lad. Uh, he was playing with a English bloke. I forget the guy's name in a tournament, uh, and Jared had a temper. He's yeah. playing somewhere. I think it was in Spain. I don't know where it was, but not many people are watching. Anyway, nothing makes a golfer more unhappy than three putting. And Jared's having one of those days yep. where he three-putted three, three-putted five. I think he had a four-putt on eight. It's something He left a shot in the bunker on 11, and he is exploding. Yep. And the English guy is just staying further and further and further away. He doesn't want to get involved <laughs> at all. Until finally, on the 16th hole, in front of the clubhouse, the 16th came back to the clubhouse, um, Jared has missed a two-foot putt for about his sixth or seventh three-putt yep. of the day. And he has ran to his bag, putter over his head, and gone slam into the side of his bag. Yep. Tailor-made bag. Anyway, the English bloke who was a tailor-made player and spent a lot of time with Jared had never seen anything like this before in his life. He's gone, Jared, please, what are you doing? And Jared looked at him and said, just leave me alone. And the English guy said, well, Jared, yes, ordinarily I would. But you see, that was my bag. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) What a beauty. Oh, no. Jared mostly. If you're listening, Jared, we love you, Jared. He was one of the greatest blokes you'd ever meet, Jared. Oh, Jared Mosley was a beauty. An absolute ripper. I love the vision of uh, John Daly a few times when he Mm. was um, just would hit two balls in the water, then would go, well, my round's done. So he just hit another ball in the water, another ball in the water, another ball in the water. Yeah, he did did a lot of US Open. He was hitting moving balls. John Daly. Remember the the ball, he hit that putt and it didn't quite make it up the hill when it was rolling back to him. He just went, whack. He just whacked it, yeah, walked off. (laughs) 
That'll do me. What a nutbag he was, mate. What a <laughs> madman. I told when I played college in, in America, mm-hmm. uh, when it was my first year, I was a freshman, and it was his last year, he was a senior. Yep. And we used to play against Arkansas quite a bit. You know, our tournaments would coincide quite often. And one of three things, every time we played in the same tournament that Arkansas was, was playing in that year, one of three things happened every single week. Either John Daly got blind and took the team bus for a spin and no one knew where he was. Or two, he destroyed a hotel room where he was staying. Or three, he would knock it on a par four on that golf course that was undrivable and everyone would be talking. But one of those three things happened every single week that we played in the same tournament as Arkansas. He was a madman. He always was. Always will be. Great entertainer. Great entertainer. Doing well. I think he's doing all right okay on the seniors tour. I think so. We had, maybe next week we'll have John Daly watch. Yeah. Because he's turned 50. Every week we might have to do it. He's turned 50. <laughs> we should just take note of uh, how he's been playing yep. out there. I love it. Living in his Winnebago, signing <laughs> stuff at the smoking local. Durries. Yeah, smoking durries. <laughs> signing stuff at the local Hooters. What a life. This <laughs> is <laughs> a clubhouse. Masterclass is next. Marco's Masterclass. Yeah, time to get a free golf lesson from the number one golf teacher on radio. Mark Allen does it every week in the last nice segment of, you, of the clubhouse. Well, that's right, Marco. Well, we mentioned Aaron Badley, and I mentioned uh, about watching him practice just with the left hand. Yep. Hour upon hour upon hour upon hour. That's all he did when he was a kid. And I love the theory because basically these days with fast screens, you don't want your right hand... Now, unless if you're using your right hand to apply force and you're a good putter, then don't listen to what I'm about to say. <laughs> but the pros, they don't apply force with the right hand. Yep. They don't. So many players, they actually have the same length backswing for virtually every putt, and the right hand dictates how hard they're going to hit the ball, which is in, it's, it's inconceivable. It's not going to work. Yep. You know, as well as anybody, a short putt has a short backswing. A longer putt has a longer mm-hmm. backswing. So you match up the backswing length to how far you want the ball to go. But what the left hand does um, is when you're doing all that practice, your right hand on a putter should be a passenger. That is how it it is a passenger, an absolute passenger. And this is why the claw is working for so many players because when they hold the putter with a claw grip, whichever version you use, um, it it just sits there. It's just a guide. And when you hold the putter normally, a conventional grip, then you actually have quite a bit of strength in that right hand. And the mistakes that so many people make are you apply force and use the right hand to hit the ball. There is no hit in putting. There is a pendulum type mm-hmm. motion. And the pendulum, it's really important that you don't upset the pendulum by using the right hand. So Aaron Badley and all the best putters in the world their right hand is an absolute, and with this for right-handed golfers, the right hand's a passenger. You actually just, you know, you, you're usually just using your arms and, and body as the motion. No hand motion whatsoever. And that's why the cack-handed grip, you know, when players put a left hand below the right, yep. when you putt with the cack hand, the, the right hand is a passenger. And you are basically backhanding putts, yep. which is the motion. You don't want to hit forehands when you hit putts. You want to hit backhands. That's right. So that's why the right hand is a passenger. Now, you were talking about before about the looking and shoot. You yep. know, basically that's you know it's the same as a, a basketball player. Mm-hmm. You look and shoot. If we were looking at you know if we're going to throw pieces of paper into the bin in the corner, you wouldn't stare down the bin, would you? You just kind of look, look and shoot. Do it. 
before you're thinking the, the the piece of paper is going in the hole. It's the same theory. So if you want to try that as well and go completely Aaron Bedley style and use the force, yep. then that takes time to develop. Aaron Aaron didn't develop that, and he was the greatest putter. He has done that over years and now trusts the whole system. But if you are having trouble getting the right hand out of your putts, which so many people do also, then try the claw. The claw yeah. works for a lot of people. We yeah. saw Phil Mickelson using the claw uh, last week, and he's a beautiful putter. The reason that Phil uses the claw is it takes his bottom hand out of the putt, and you become a better pendulum. So that's why they do it. Don't mind it. Give uh, it a crack. Yeah, give it a crack. And by the way, uh, if you're chipping as well, the small yeah. chips, don't use the right hand when you chip either. Yep. Your right hand's got to be a passenger. That's it. A passenger. In fact, you know when you, when you set up with your chip and you make the motion, you want to actually hit the chip lower than the loft kind of says it should, right? if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So no matter where your hands are, uh, when you set up with your chip, by the time you get to the back to the ball, the hand should be a little bit further in front. It's a very little, there's a small amount of lag in good chipper's motion. Yes. So don't use the right hand either to pop the thing up. You'll end up topping chips and getting all jerky and get the heebie-jeebies. And Which you don't want. You don't want to play golf. No. If you've got the heebie-jeebies there's in any part of your game, you just had don't it, want to play. Had that so do it properly. Yep. And if, you, if that, none of that makes sense, go and get a lesson for goodness sakes. Yep. Asking him about the bottom hand being a passenger in your putting and your chipping. Very nice. Hey, Marco, next week, I'm going to give you a review on this new putter you're going to bring for me. Yes, I'm going to bring it. I'm glad you put pressure on me to bring it. It's in my locker. Yep. It's in my locker at the golf club. So I'll I'll remember and I will bring it for you. Because we talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago. LaJossi putters. putters. Actually, make sure you go to the website. Yeah. Go and have a look. Google LaJossi putters. L-O-J-O-S-I. Yep. Just Google it. And you'll see his range and then, you know, make some inquiries and get anything that you want done to perfection. Yep. I'll tell you about it next week because yeah. uh, I'll have a look, Mate. have a play, see how we go. Mate, as long as you take the right hand basically <laughs> out of the, the equation, yep. as long as your right hand is dead when you putt, yep. you, you, you're going to go to a whole new level, Jules. Mm. You might come down to five I'll or four. Come, uh, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. You might. <laughs> you might. Hey, um, next week... Not too far away from the uh, the PGA too. Yeah, looking forward to the PGA. Yep. Had Bolter's role this mm. week. Um, just look for the big guns to be in play, yep. I reckon. I don't think we're going to see a shock win. No? No, I don't think so. I think it's going to be one of the big boys. Looking forward to it. Can't we'll wait. We'll uh, chat about that next week, Marco. Enjoy your golf. Good on you, buddy. I'll see you next time.